What's happening, fam? It's your boy Sherrod, and welcome to another podcast episode of Behind the Grind, powered by Sherrod Speaks, where each episode I have a conversation. I go behind the scenes to talk to individuals like you and I that are making impact with their influence and making change happen in the places around us. My goal is to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, give you everything that you need, the faith, the fuel, the ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, And as always, I'm so glad that you are listening in and tap back into another conversation that we're sharing right here on Behind the Grind. Listen, we say it each week, it's our goal to bring you real conversations from real people like you and I that are about their grind. And guess what? There is no exception to that rule this week. Matter of fact, I'm excited to share um, the guest that I have in the grind seat, as I call it. This individual is multi-talented. She's a millennial and she is doing her thing in the real estate market. Listen, I respect her grind. I respect her hustle. And I said, guess what? I got to bring her here on Behind the Grind and chat with her and discuss, you know, what's really happening, what's going on in the real estate market. And if you haven't been paying attention, things have been popping in the real estate market. And I just wanted to have that conversation with her. Uh, very, like I said, very knowledgeable, very uh under uh, has a good understanding of what's happening, a good understanding of the market. And uh, this is definitely an individual if you're looking to uh, to get into the uh, real estate, buy some home, buy a home or, or even sell your home. This is probably the individual that you want to know. She is tapped into what's happening today. Listen, the individual's name is Ambria Neal, and she is uh, going to chat with us today, share some tips, let us know what's going on in the market. Uh, she is definitely plugged in. If you know any Anybody that is looking to buy a home that is in the real estate market, this is a podcast they want to hear. So definitely let them listen. This is for the millennials. This is for uh, any generation, really. But this focused conversation is what's popping and what are the millennials out here doing in the real estate space. And so we're just going to conversate on that. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into this conversation with my guest, Ambria Simone Neal, right here on Behind the Grind. Let's get it. All right, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and I'm so excited for our uh, discussion today. Uh, today, we are talking the hot real estate market, right? So I need everybody to get your pins, your pads. <laughs> you know, if you if you've been paying attention to what's going on, this is the time to talk about it today. Um, as many of you know, I have recently relocated to Atlanta and uh, looking for that house right now, and the market <laughs> is popping. So we've got somebody, a guide here today, uh, that's going to talk to us a little bit about the real estate. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my guest. Ambria Simone Neal. Welcome to Behind hey. the Grind. Hey guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing today? 
I am good, you know, alive and well, another day in Hotlanta, as you would say. Yeah, hot Atlanta, <laughs> right? You know, making that yes. move from Michigan, this is for real hot Atlanta here. It Absolutely. Is definitely... <laughs> Absolutely. So as we get started, before we get really into the real estate, you know, obviously, you know, I know your family, you know, I know your parents, mm-hmm. we're friends and everything. And so uh, let's talk a little bit about you. You know, we got here to Atlanta and I was like, wow, you know, there's a lot going on and we're paying <laughs> attention. And uh, you guys, you and your sister, you guys are out here grinding out here. Let's talk a little bit about how did, how does this, how did y'all, how did y'all get to this point and how did you get to this point of real estate? You know, um, none of it, none of the story will make sense or mesh together. So I would say that God brought me to real estate. So, <laughs> um, I, like you said, you know, he knows our family, but our, my sister and I, we sing, we act, and we dance. So straight out of college, I graduated from the illustrious North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University okay, in Greensboro, HBCU. North Carolina. And literally the day I graduated, I had... Um, no job, no plans, but I knew I wasn't staying in North Carolina. So my parents came down. We packed up um, like three vehicles. I have a lot of shoes and clothes. Um, <laughs> and we came straight to Atlanta on a dollar in the dream, as J. Cole would say. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to come to Atlanta. I'm going to be a starving artist. Hopefully I won't starve that much. Uh, that's why I chose Atlanta, because it was either Atlanta, L.A., or New York. So I came here for that. Um had some successes, some failures in that, but you know, it's part of the game. Um, but it's very, when I when I did, looking afar, it looks like it's very touchable, and it is, but the market is actually very saturated here for what you're trying to do. So like the grind and the hustle, like it's crazy for that market. So it's like, you have some good months, you have some bad months, you be eating at Ruth Chris one day, you're at the dollar <laughs> menu at McDonald's the other day. So um, I was doing that, uh, in the meantime, I was substitute teaching, and I uh, actually still teach to this day. I, I actually fell in love with kids really? um, okay. and the mentor aspect of that. So I'm actually still in the school system um, to this day. But during the pandemic, uh, that's when the Lord led me to real estate. Um, prior to one of my pageant sisters, because I do pageants as well, I do a whole lot. I do a lot. <laughs> um, but we were just talking about just finding another stream of income. So we were going to go into flipping. Um, homes, which you do not need a license for at all. So we were looking into that. But um, when I was in that transition period of my life, like when COVID happened, I really had to sit down with God, like, what am I supposed to do next? I was feeling like I was in, in between a rock and a hard place. And I didn't know if I was supposed to continue with education because even though I love it, I feel like um, he has a different plan for me that's beyond the school systems. Um, and I was really confused and I knew I had to stop doing things my way. So I was like, okay, Lord, tell me what to do. And I promise you not like he, you ask and he answered like, cause within a week and a half, three different people from three different avenues was like, have you ever thought about real estate? And I was like, you know, I was not in that aspect that I was. And so I went and got my license and boom, here I am today. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. So, so a journey there, but it was a journey. Know, like, <laughs> like we said, you, you threw something out there. Obviously you came here because of the hotbed of the talent and all the things mm-hmm. that were coming here. Uh, let's just briefly, before we get into the real estate, you sing, you said you and your sister sing. Yes. What's, what's that like? Are you still singing or? Um, yes, I still sing. I actually <laughs> just dropped a little <laughs> single on my birthday. I just turned 30 yeah. and things because yeah. I love uh, music. I just dropped the single on my birthday, so it's like not the main thing that I do, but I do still try to make things 
time for things that I do love because real estate takes up a lot of your time, a lot of your energy, especially like in your, when you're in your beginning stages like I am. Um, but it's very important to find balance because it can really take over your life. So I still sing here and there um, whenever I'm needed. I don't necessarily volunteer my services um, okay. so often. <laughs> but uh, if, if there's room and there's time, I absolutely do still sing. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's, let's talk about the market, right? So, yes. you know, it's 2021 and we are, you know, we're going to talk mainly probably to a lot of millennials that may be listening here. Right. Right. The mm-hmm. market is hot, right? It is yes. popping. It's popping. It's popping. Tell my listeners a little bit of what you're experiencing or what is going on right now in the real estate market. <sighs> so I will say I halfway blame us millennials. Okay. Um, <laughs> Back back in the day, you know, it wasn't really popular for like a 22-year-old straight out of college, 23-year-old, 24-year-old, 25-year-old to buy homes this early. A lot of people are now understanding, you know, the importance of ownership and how to build wealth, and which is through real estate. And people are setting themselves and putting themselves in position. So the competition is extremely hot because we had this newfound age group who are now buying up a lot of the homes as well. So right now, our market is... A seller's market. So you have the buyer's market or the seller's market. That's just a, basically a switch of supply and demand. With the seller's market, there's way more demand than there is supply. So basically that means there's no inventory. We have all these buyers out here trying to get these homes, and there's not enough homes for us uh, to give them. On top of that, you know, COVID did cause a lot of delays. The, the price of lumber and supplies are way more expensive than they oh, so um, used to be. Oh, so there's other things involved. Wow, I didn't realize yes. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why even some of the new construction homes, on top of our market rising, um, homes are just, they had to charge you more because the supplies, the supplies cost more. And then they're not being able to build as fast as they normally would because there's a delay on like the shipment of these supplies that they need. So on top of all of that happening, because like COVID slowed down everything, but it did not slow down the housing market. That's one thing it did not. And so now it's going to take a few years for it to like really regulate to actually have the inventory we do need because the amount of buyers we have right now, especially in Atlanta, like we have an average of 500 people daily moving to, to the state of Georgia. Um, and people are are in position to buy. And it's like, why not, you know? So, because our interest rates are very much so still low. It's a fight. It's a fight. But it's like pay now or pay more later. Yeah. It's interesting you said this. You said there's a, you know, and I guess I didn't put this in context. There's an age group now that, like you said, has gone from, you know, maybe renting for a little while, enjoying mm-hmm. life, whatever. And they're moving in. So the millennials are getting a little older, per se. And yes. they're moving into a, a more of a phase of, hey, now it's time to, you know, buy that house, um, you know, really settle down, put our roots down, wherever that, wherever that may be. In most cases, right. you know, we're here in Atlanta, but this is happening all over the country. Everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Actually. And so I never really put it into that perspective that the age is changing to a place where right. probably all millennials at this point, in some shape or form, are in the market Absolutely. About a house. Wow. Absolutely. So let's talk about that. So, you know, obviously there's going to always be stigmas about the millennials <laughs> and everything and about what they want and right. how they want it. You know, so I, I'm imagining when you're out here and or just what you're hearing in the in the, the market right now, are millennials picky? Are they looking for specific things? Are they willing to to buy a house that may have been a little older? What's your take on what's going on with the millennials right now? 
You know, you'll be surprised because you would think that most of them would want like the new hot stuff. All of them are not necessarily um, with that, especially in Georgia. Like I said, I come across a few now. Like I have a show, some showings on Saturday. He, young guy doing very well for himself, 23 years old. Um, he sent me some homes that were like built in 2005. And I'm just like, I, I would have never thought. He was just like, some of them, um, one of their excuses was, you know, he wanted something homey because he remembered growing up in his grandmother's home. So he wanted something that reminded him of his grandmother. That's, some of them want the basic new construction. Yeah. Um, so they want everything new. So it's really like, honestly, it's a gamble. It's, yeah, so I it's really a preference. It's not, you mm -hmm. can't just, you can't pin somebody in a box and say, this is the only type of houses that you're finding that they want. Right. Mm -hmm. They're willing to buy. You know, you're probably getting into all the ends of the spectrum of people buying in all types of houses, Absolutely. neighborhoods. Let's talk about this, though. You know, in my time coming up, obviously, you know, <laughs> the, the thought process was working in, you know, you know, living in the city maybe and then moving to the suburbs, you know, obviously. Mm -hmm. Is that the same type of flow with, with most of the buyers that you're coming in contact with? Are they looking to move from maybe the city life to suburbs or that doesn't matter? What, what, what are you finding? Um, what I tell most of them is make their decision based off your budget and your everyday life. So, of course, you know, living closer to the city is going to cost you way more. Um, there are some prominent individuals who are still young, making a lot of money. OK, so they can afford they can afford it. But then I also have others who I'm like, OK, you work from home. You go to the city. What? How many times a week? Two, maybe three. If that, like I said, you can sacrifice that 45-minute drive to the city if you're not going to work there every day. If, if you want comfort and you want something nice and you want the bang for your buck, live a little further out from the city. Enjoy your home. Let home be home. So when you're there, it, you find your peace. And when you go to the city, you go to the city. You still have fun, kick it with your friends, and then go back home. You know. So I tell them to base it off their day-to-day -day activity rather than I want to go party every so often. Oh, that's good. So you provide. So that's cool. So you you breaking it down to them. You giving a real real practical talk. Hey, yes. you're not getting caught up with the, <laughs> with the shiny. Uh, what they call it, the shiny object here. Do you mm -hmm. really need to live out here in the city? Like you said, you get 45 minutes. You're going once a week, maybe to hang out or whatever you're, you're doing. You don't necessarily need to live here every single day, right? Exactly. And then in Atlanta, <laughs> when you live, start to live in Atlanta, you realize. I mean, unless you stayed in the city your entire time you were here. Yeah. A 30-minute drive is the average standard drive anywhere in Atlanta. So if okay. you tack on another 15 minutes, honestly, we're like, it's 45 minutes. Seems far where you're not driving it. If you like, like I said, if you always stayed in the city. Other than that, we're fine. The traffic is crazy sometimes. We're fine. Yeah, and that's what I noticed about you guys. And I say you guys in this context. Obviously, I'm I'm, I'm a part of Atlanta now, but I'm like, man, <laughs> people don't mind driving. People don't mind going mm -hmm. here and there. You know, they it's it's a different world here, right? Which is Absolutely. which is cool. They don't Absolutely. let that stop them from getting around. <laughs> At all. I remember when I first moved here because I was living in North Carolina. Yeah. And everything was like 15, 20 minutes mm -hmm. away. And if we tagged on another 15 minutes, everything was going into the same direction. So it's like, okay, if I drove 20 minutes here, if I drive another 10, I'm there. Atlanta, totally different. You're driving 30 minutes that way, 30 minutes that way, 50 minutes that way, and it's not running into each other. So I was like, I'm not going anywhere. This doesn't make any sense. And then, so for like the first like month and a half, I was like refusing to go to the city. because I was like, it's the waste of gas. And after a while, I'm like, okay, this is just life here. You live here now, get used to it, it's okay. Yeah, I've noticed that everybody, because, you know, obviously Atlanta attracts people from all walks of life, you know, from the right. south, from the east mm -hmm. coast, from wherever. 
and eventually we just all figure it out. It's time right. to, <laughs> it's all to drive. Right. So, so, <laughs> so that's awesome. So let's talk about that, you know, going back into, uh, you know, talking about millennials. Are a lot of the people that you're, you're, you're coming in contact, um, is there a price range that they're, they're capped into or are they, is it all over the, the spectrum from a price standpoint as well? I think it's, um, well, what I'm seeing, I would say mainly for like the millennials, it's been like 400K lower. Um, so I would say like the average for like the, the starter rule, we would say like, okay, 250 to 300K for like the average um, starter in the game for their first home. Um, but we have some who are, like I said, who are up there and then some of them have that buying power and they just prefer not to use it, which I never try to force anybody to use their buying power. So okay. um, like I use the, the guy that I'm, sure. I, I spoke up earlier. Sure. He has um, ex- very much so great buying power. Okay. He doesn't want to use it all because he is still young and though he was very fortunate to make like six figures at a very young age, he was like, I don't know how long I want to stay at this job. I don't want to be housebroke if I do decide to leave. And I said, you know what? That's very smart. I said, look at your first house as an investment. Get something. We can get something below your buying powers. Make it work for you. And because of the way Atlanta's market is moving, I said, in three to five years, you're going to gain that equity in your home. I said, take all that money you're going to get there. Boom. Move into your house. You won't have to worry about um, money being an option. And then at, maybe at that point, you'll find the career that you're really in love with. And you understand, like, saving more. Because I'm also, like, teaching my clients. Because some of them don't have the art of understanding what it means to save the dollar, you know? So, yeah. um, so that's the thing as well. Let's talk about that because that's, that's probably paying a big part when, when it comes to, you know, obviously in this type of market, right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, and I just think, you know, I don't know how many years ago, but let's just say maybe eight, 10 years ago, you could probably go to an offer and try to get a house and you could kind of have the sellers put in some, you know, whoever it is, put in some costs, throw in some things here and there, uh, you could probably come in with a low uh, mm-hmm. down payment type of thing, and you can kind of get around. That was not a big thing. Are you seeing that not at, at this point? Or do people have that opportunity to come in and, and demand people to put in a little money on the, on, on the table and, and with a little down payment? How does that work now? You will demand it and you will be sitting right in another apartment. Oh, man. (laughs) Because it's not happening, okay? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, That's a huge thing. Like, I tell people, like, three to five years ago, you could have maybe even less than $10,000 and move into a home. My friend, she moved into her home, like, two and a half years ago. She brought, I think, $50 to the closing table because she got down payment assistance and it was a new construction. They paid her closing costs. Right. Now... You ask a seller for concessions? <laughs> no, it's no, it's because it's like that term. What you won't do, somebody else will. Is now what's going on with our housing market? I've seen some like in a higher, higher, higher end um, price points, or or you you just have to watch if your realtor is watching. For example, if you've seen a house go back on the market a couple of times, something happened, they're gonna be like, okay, whatever. You might can get them to give you a little something. Okay. Towards you got a little costs. wiggle room in that case. You got a little wiggle room because they might be on a time constraint at that point, or they just like, you know what, we're tired of doing it back and forth. Whatever you need, because we're gonna be making six figures more than likely off of selling this home anyway. We'll stop being greedy and we'll pay it. Um, with new constructions, if you go with their preferred lender, most of them are offering some, not all, selling concessions, uh, seller concessions to you as well. But for you to ask for, in a general price range of a home, you ask for closing costs, you will lose. 
Oh wow! You will lose. <laughs> you you can you will not win. I guarantee you, at all. And down payment assistance doesn't exist right now. They don't trust it because down payment assistance to them now looks like, oh, you can't afford to live in this home, or some and of them are flaky. Like you got to rely on another person. Uh, you have to rely to, on to participate person. in this. Mm -hmm. wow. And sometimes the down payment assistance programs don't always come through, and so that's another thing they're not going they're not going to pick your offer. So. There's one loop around that. There's a thing called 100% financing, um, which basically takes care of your down payment. But what that does is it's based off of your uh, credit scores. Usually, like, when you have a 640 or higher, have a certain debt-to-income ratio, they'll offer you 100% financing, but some of your buying power will get taken away, um, and it'll go into your mortgage a little bit. So your monthly payments will be a little bit higher. So it's basically, do I want to pay it now or do I want to pay it later? Okay. Man, so, and, and, and I'm getting to all these little technical things, but another thing I'm, I'm hearing, you know, again, you, mm -hmm. you're the expert, but I'm <laughs> hearing now people are just like, okay, so, and again, you have to, you have to bear with me here. I've been, I I spent you, a I little you. years in banking, <laughs> per se, for, you know, my earlier career, I've spent a little years in banking, and obviously what you're talking of is foreign to me, right? I'm like, okay. what? People... So there's a case where now people are waiving appraisals. Is that is that happening? Like we're we're like, hey, I I don't. That's like almost the norm. Is that is that the case or? It is the norm, um, absolutely. So I just closed on a home a couple of weeks ago, and we offered 15k over asking price, and we waived the appraisal um, contingency. So what that means is, uh, for those who don't know. With yeah, the appraisal yeah, contingency, he yeah, <laughs> said, break it down. <laughs> so when you uh, say the house is listed at 250, you offer 275. Um, when you have that appraisal contingency in there, that just means that I offered you 275, but if it doesn't appraise, I don't have to give you 275 because the bank is only going to loan you the amount that it appraises for. Right. So I, I know say, that from the bank. Mm -hmm. we, we only going to do that appraisal And so <laughs> when people, at the beginning of the seller's market, people were just bidding so high. People were picking these offers and they were realizing like, joke was on you. We're never, we knew it wasn't going to appraise. We were never going to pay that in the first place. Now they're saying, okay, if you offer that, we want to see the gap. Take the appraisal contingency out and say, it's two, we listed it at 250, you're offering 275, take out that appraisal contingency, which means if it does not appraise, I will pay that 15K over. And everybody's pretty much doing that with their offers in order to win right now. Wow. And it doesn't so have to above, be 15K, but it's... So when we're saying this, this is above, you're not getting this, the bank is not financing this portion of money that you have to bring to the table. Is that out what your I'm pocket. Getting? That's what you're getting. Okay. Straight out your pocket. Okay. Straight out your pocket. And that's not including your down payment if you have one and no. your closing costs if you have one. Man. So you, people are dropping the, that cash. This is the real of real estate right now. It's the real estate. Today. Right now. Mm -hmm. So let's let's talk about it. So do you think now, you know, obviously the market is hot. Everything's moving really fast. And of course you got people right now that's probably like, nah, I'm going, I'm going to sit on back. I'm going to fall right. back. What would you say to those individuals? Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I never want, I tell people, I'm not, I don't want to rush you to buying a home because sure. a, a, a purchase of a home is usually like someone's biggest purchase of their entire life, you know? Sure. Um, but if you're in the position to buy, I wouldn't wait. The things that we're, the prices that we're looking at now were six months ago, they were like 25 to 50K lower. So even though it is a fight, 
and it's hard and it's not this market is not for the weak and it, it may take you a little longer than it would it would take you um, in a normal market uh, to get into a home. The interest rates are still at an all-time low. The prices are still decent, even though they're rising by the day. Our prices, everybody's waiting for the market to like steady out. It might happen in some places, and that's going to still take like a few years. Right. Um, Atlanta is not happening. It's not going to happen uh, in Atlanta. It's true. not happening in Atlanta. Um, I think I was who I was telling like I think your wife and my mom and other people just in yeah. general like we have these major corporations who have invested millions of dollars to move to Atlanta. So Google, Microsoft, Apple, and another company, a huge company, is coming to Midtown, Sandy Springs, Buckhead, Alpharetta. So now we're bringing the corporate um, mix into Atlanta. So even when stuff starts to regulate, we have a whole new buyer so in town. So that's on top of just the, the, the everybody on else. Top I'm of just the going everybody to Atlanta because that's where I want to live. <laughs> You're bringing the corporations huge... are bringing people in corporation of people who can afford this stuff. You got people coming from Cali. So you imagine people coming from Cali in New York. I'm seeing that they're coming here now. And they're like, I get off this house for $700,000? Right. Oh, give it to me. You want me to just pay uh, 20 k over? Give it to me. Throwing the money out like it's nothing because in LA, you're going to live in a cardboard box for that amount of money. All this house now. So people are looking, the people in Atlanta are looking like, you guys are crazy. People in LA and New York is like, I'll take it all. Here, I got the money. Their money's ready. I think I think you're hitting some here too. You know, again, Atlanta has always been a place where everybody, you know, for most of mm -hmm. you know what we're talking about. Most people, yep. like, hey, we're gonna go to Atlanta. <laughs> we get a lot of house. You know, if you're coming from the north or somewhere like that, you're like, man, I can go to Atlanta, get a bigger house for the amount of money I'm spending up north. Right. Mm -hmm. It's almost like now, and I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not an expert, but it's almost like now Atlanta is like saying, hey, oh, we've been undervalued for so long. Things are now coming up to like your New Yorks, your your mm -hmm. Californians. You know, they may not get that high, but it's still raising, you know, the price of price houses that we can't see them coming down just because, especially if you got corporations Absolutely. coming in here and different things. Absolutely, and that's it. But, but wow. what you said is like right on the head. That's exactly what's happening. Um, in, in in years to come, Atlanta is not going to be that place where it's also affordable to live here. You're going to have to live on the outskirts because you won't be able to afford to live in a city in, in inner city. That's exactly the. That's exactly where we're heading, and now they're starting to plant these modern homes in the midst of these neighborhoods that weren't yeah. so good. Um, yeah. Like even today, I posted a home that's three point eight five mil, and it's in the middle. It's like kind of towards Buckhead, but it's still Atlanta, but it's in a neighborhood that is not. I wouldn't say <laughs> the greatest, but you you have the. So, it's like the. It's built like this, like the the Cali style homes. It's contemporary, yeah. modern, and it has a pool that you see the clear stuff. If we don't. Atlanta's not known for modern homes like that, but they know and what's that, coming. So that's not that's in like in a neighborhood that ain't quite up. Yep. Really, yep. Mm -hmm. really. Because because eventually all that stuff is gonna get torn out and they're gonna start putting in. Wow, man! Thank, man, the game is changing right before it's our changing. eyes. And so <laughs> it's changing. <laughs> this is a good time to be considering, thinking about it. Whatever moves you're gonna make for the real estate, it, this is the time. Like you're saying, this is the time to do it if you got if you can if you're capable if of you doing can. it if. If you're not capable, obviously, we don't want you getting out here. <laughs> but get on track. Call me. We can get you on track. We can get your credit straight. We can get your savings straight. And we there can you get go. You. So is that what you do, you. too? In addition, do you do you offer other things to help people um, get, get up to, to standard? Or is that what you're saying? Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. So I'm not a credit specialist at the moment. It's going to get sure. added to the resume. Just wait okay. on it. But I do okay. have people on my team who do so because... 
sometimes like people come ready, but I also understand that it's a process. Like a lot of the things, if I wouldn't have gotten into real estate, I wouldn't have known. Um, our some of our families didn't come like well off. People didn't teach us to buy. People didn't teach us how important credit was. People didn't teach us how to save. So we don't know how we're winking it. So now that I'm on the other side, like I think it's my responsibility to to educate, especially the black community, because we're the really the ones who were lacking thereof. So um, I can I have enough sense about credit to look at someone's credit and tell you what you need to do, because I don't want to just put you through credit specialists, you waste your money. I'm like, okay, is it that you need to pay off debt? Is it that you need a suite because of the late payments? Is it because you have something in like collections? Like, so I'll look at it and kind of base what's going on with your score, and then I'll determine who I need to send you to in order to get your uh, credit right. Or sometimes people just don't have history, so you have to get trade lines or get secure credit cards so you can just get some history, because no credit equals bad credit. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So that's good. So you're you're providing more than just selling houses. You're providing financial uh, uh, wisdom, literacy per se, to individuals to yes. help them along the mm -hmm. way, which is good. That's definitely good. So here's something. And again, I, I, I'm going back, dating myself a little bit, but I, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out. I, back in, in 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 the bank, we used to do one of these, and I can't remember which one of these are. But just for my listeners, maybe you can clarify. What's the difference between a prequal and a pre-approval? Like, I, I remember giving people pre-approvals, mm -hmm. but I do remember in the industry they talk pre-qualifications. What's the difference, and which one, if I'm new to the housing market, which one should I be looking for? Okay, so pre-qualification versus pre-approval is what I got versus what I asked for, basically. Okay. So okay. when you get pre-qualified, you can get on the phone with the bank, anybody, kind of pretty much like, hey... This is what I make. Um, this is what debt I have. Um, this is what I pay for monthly. And they'll give you like an approximate letter of what you would get pre-approved for under the stipulations of what you told them. But I can uh, tell you anything. Okay. I can okay. tell you anything. I, I might not have told you I just bought this new car, which will deplete you from getting the house. I might not have told you that I have... Um, $20,000 worth of credit card debt. So they'll give you that number based off what you tell them. So there won't be any screening. Your credit won't be ran. It'll be literally just based off a, um, off a conversation. But sometimes people just do that because they know they're not ready to buy at the moment. So okay. they're like, okay, let me just get an idea so I won't be looking in the wrong range. And some people do it and just not aware that that pre-qualification does not mean, mean anything. So the, go, the recommendation is the pre-approval? Pre-approval. When you're ready to buy, pre-approval. So you'll go through a credit check. So it is a hard inquiry. It usually drops your credit score between like three and seven points, not, nothing too major. Right. Um, uh, but it is a hard inquiry. So they, they do uh, check your credit. They kind of go through a full screening to see uh, what you have on your accounts, what you have on your credit reports, what you have on your scores, and um, the income you have versus the debt that you have because if the pre-approval is based off of what you make versus your debt-to-income ratio and your credit score. Okay, that's awesome. So most of the stuff we've been talking about today, obviously, is uh, real, uh, the retail end of it, right? The retail buyer mm -hmm. buying houses. We, you know, we're not talking about investments, but do you see uh, is is it still opportunity for investors or people who get in the investment market, or do you, you recommend them to kind of wait a little bit because the market is just too hot, or it's still an investment world too? It's still. When I tell you. <laughs> Honestly, I think the investors still have, especially the big corporations of investors um, versus like the individual investors, it's still a thing. It is still a thing that they are, they are coming up and swooping, even in new constructions. Um, 
So I'll, t I'll talk about the corporations versus individuals. For example, um, like when you guys are looking for your home, make sure your realtor is very aware of what's going on because people are getting new constructions. They're waiting that six months because they don't really want to deal with the bidding wars, which is almost starting to happen with the new constructions anyway. But that's another story. Um, so, but there's this thing called contingent upon kickout, which means that if you're under contract, but if somebody comes in, offers higher, I can legally break your contract and have that. I had a friend, I, she wasn't working with me, it was my friend's um, family member. They were set to close on their home that month, and they had been waiting for it to get billed, and an investor came in, bought all the homes. Boom, out of the home. Can't do anything about it. And so I would never... That's a my, new one for me. I never yeah. heard of this. Really? It's contingent upon kickout. Kick, uh, kick so, like, literally, if they, that means me, in layman's terms, if somebody comes in with a better offer, I can boot you wow. and take what they're doing. And investors have done that. So, I, like I said, I prefer not to put myself or my clients in a situation like that, but it's happening. Um, so, corporations are doing that, and they're buying things. And you'll go into new neighborhoods, and you'll see them finished, built, but there's nobody in them, and that's because they're going to rent them out individuals I still see them flipping they're buying because of what's happening in Atlanta being in the city limits is just the thing um, or just buying older homes people are just buying little things and putting in like that 20 30k into the home because right now even if you put that into it you can still make 80k at your home yeah. so it's people still it's still a thing in an Airbnb and rentals like rentals at an all-time low as well so it's a fight it's a fight so at this point, like literally, it's a joke that goes around. If you put a cardboard box in the market right now, it's going to sell. <laughs> and it's, I can't say they're, I can't say they're lying. I yeah. can't say they're lying. Yeah. Well, this is this is why we wanted to bring this conversation up. I think it's a it's a it's a time where you know there are people that are thinking about houses. Mm -hmm. uh, people are getting frustrated. Um, all kind of things are happening right now. Um, so with that, one more question I did have, and I kind of asked okay. this earlier. But I want to see if you, you know, you know, and, and you don't have no crystal ball. I know that. So I won't <laughs> ask you to predict this. But, you know, obviously there was a point where they had this huge crash with it. Everybody talks about the 2008. Right. Do you see, you know, the way these houses and maybe not in Atlanta, but just overall, the uh, way these houses are going up. Do we see another housing boom crash thing happening or what's your thoughts on that? I think it's possible. Do I think it's going to happen no. No? Okay. Not I don't at all. think it's I don't think it's going to happen. Um the only way it'll get too too crazy, like even in Atlanta, um I use Atlanta for example though. Sure. Um we're moving at a pace where it's extremely fast. And at some point like the market the well the world society can't keep up with what the market is doing. So after a while, you're gonna to have to level it out because people People's income and minimum wage have not changed yet in, in certain right. places, but right. you're making the price of living way up here, right. but we're still down here. So if, if that doesn't right. keep up, it's going to explode. But like I said, because we have people coming in, that's not going to be our story. Um, they're trying to level out, level out the market now. Like Even the new construction homes now, they just passed this rule like a few weeks ago that they're only releasing three homes in a neighborhood at a time. And I think they're just trying to find some stability. So they're trying to slow it down. They're trying to see what's going to happen. They're trying to see what's going to also happen when they lift these restrictions off the people who have to be out their homes um, with the COVID restrictions. But the banks are already prepared for that. The investors are already prepared for that. The auctions are already prepared for that. So um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't foresee it. 
Okay. And that's fair. I mean, because obviously, you know, that's one of those things like, you know, 2008 happened. Obviously, there were people who predicted it. It happened. But I do, I agree with you in this aspect. You know, we've been through that, and people can still remember the 2008. Uh There's so many regulations that have taken place since then. There's so many things that people uh, have in place now um, that possibly, it's probably a good chance that that won't happen. Um, In in any shape or form, it probably won't be to that effect. Obviously, you know, obviously, you know, there's going to always be some things that happen, right? There's going to still be... (laughs) Because <laughs> there's going to be a shift somewhere. I don't know exactly what yeah. that's going to look like, but I do believe there's going to be a shift. Yeah. Don't know exactly what. Yeah. Don't know exactly yeah. what. In other words, don't bet on it. <laughs> don't bet on it. That That's good it. right there. That's a word. That's a word. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you for sh- you know sharing this today. I just really wanted to get this out. I think this is, you know, I, and again, I, you know, I respect what you're doing out here. You out thank in these you. streets. You know, and if anybody in Atlanta is looking for a realtor, uh, obviously, uh, this is the person that you want to connect with right here. <laughs> the, the reason being, and I say this because, you know, and I alluded to this earlier, you have, you know, even prior to coming into real estate, obviously, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit about your, you know, things that you were doing. There's a grind. There's a hustle that you have. Yes. You know what I mean? You go yes, hard. Uh, and, 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 and I'm be honest with you. And this is the makeup with you and your bro- your brother and your sister and, and your parents. It's a makeup of you guys. You guys go hard. Thank and so, you. Yeah, and you guys go hard. So I know that you know whatever you do as far as a, your clients, you're gonna you're, you're gonna Absolutely. go to the, the, the far end uh, to make sure that they get the best experience. You're Absolutely. not gonna. And then the other cool part about it, you're not gonna pull anything over anybody's eyes. You're gonna give it to them straight, which is uh, straight up and down, good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> you got it. You gotta know. Yes. So yeah, definitely commend <laughs> that man. The, the hustle, the grind you guys are doing, and so you just keep up the good work of what you're doing, um, and how Thank you're out you here you. grinding it. I call it grinding. It, it's, you know, you guys find I call it grinding anymore, but I like. <laughs> I, I call it grinding. I call it grinding. It's it's a lot, but, but I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, before we get out of here, um, you know, I usually try to have a fun question that's just totally okay. random. And, and most of the time, these last ones have not been hidden, but I still <laughs> throw it out. <laughs> and, um, you know, and this is, this is not really that difficult. It's just a question since you were in the, in the music industry. Um, actually, I won't give you either or. I'm just going to okay. ask you, who's the best all-around performer uh, singer that you would want to share the stage with, rock with? You know, do anything with a uh, performer. Who's the best performer, dead or alive? <laughs> you know, the best performer versus the performer I would want to hit the stage with is probably different. Okay. Um, because I wouldn't say, so like, break the that person, uh, <laughs> like, vocally, there's, there's a whole line of people. And then performance-wise, there's another line okay. uh, with people. Um, so I would say as far as performance wise, just from the overall experience, um, if there wasn't other factors into to the play, which I would not go on into at this podcast, Beyonce. Okay. Absolutely okay. admire her, her okay. work. Beyonce and Sierra are like my ultimate because I dance as well. Okay. Like I want to, if I don't, I don't want to go on stage and just sing, I want to give you a show. I want to change the outfits. I want to yeah. get a one, two step yeah. and stuff like that. Okay. Um, vocally. Jasmine Sullivan, Brandy, Whitney Houston. Okay, okay, totally. Do- so now since you brought it up, I didn't know if we, that was kind of one of the questions I was going to have uh, Beyonce or Sierra as far as uh, performance and dancing, but I was like, oh, that might not hit. You got to <laughs> give me one. Which one's the better performer? Um, I would have to say B. 
Only yeah, because okay. it's just almost <laughs> like the... And it's like, Sierra's not broke, but the budget behind Beyonce <laughs> is just to, it's totally different from the, yeah. what, what Sierra gives you. Like, yeah. Beyonce, because she's been in the game so long, yeah. the polish and the, the team behind her, just, just a whole different, it's a different level. Awesome. Like, I, I think, yeah. Definitely be. But Sierra, yeah. my girl. I think personally-wise, <laughs> personally-wise, I probably choose Sierra personally, but Beyonce on that level, I can't even, can't even hold you. Sis, sis is popping. So, <laughs> all right. So again, we always want to end any uh, podcast with giving uh, our guests the opportunity to share. You know, how can people connect with you if they're they're looking to get that uh, that that house here in the hot Atlanta, <laughs> or if they just want to rock with you? How can people go about connecting with you? Yes. So my on all social media platforms, my uh, my tag is Ambria Simone. So that's A M B R I Y A. S-I-M-O-N-E. Um, my website is www.ambriasimone.com. My uh, email is ambriasimone at gmail.com. It's just the Amber Simone thing all over. Um, so you can hit the contact <laughs> button. I have my number, my Instagram page, my website. Everything is all connected. So feel free to reach out. I'm also like on TikTok, anything. You'll, you'll find me at, as Ambria Simone. Okay, so I don't, I don't rock with TikTok, so you're on TikTok too, huh? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. I started trying to incorporate that into my stuff because it's the, it's the thing now. So okay, I'm it trying, really I'm is trying the to thing, stay. Right? I'm trying I, to know, stay. I get to a point now. I'm just like, you know what? It's a lot. It's a lot. Like it's it's, it's almost homework. It's almost homework, and I'm like, I'm 30, and it's it's homework for me. I'm it's, like, home, okay, it's homework on. for a 30 year old. It's wow. homework okay. for me. So okay, I'm like, listen. So I get you. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> So it's not as b- popping as the Instagram and Facebook, but and Twitter, but it's there. <laughs> so is that real quick before we go? Is the millennial still the the IG, and then the the, the younger group is now doing the TikTok, or is it just yes? That's yeah, absolutely they, what they, it is. they own the TikTok, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, but the funny thing is, you'll see some of the older people who are really really popular on TikTok, yeah. and now they're making a living out of it yeah it's crazy but like mainly it's the young kids but listen yeah it's funny because won't. i i see the the older you know my generation older we, we're, we're tagging up with our kids and we're mm-hmm. <laughs> we out there TikToking together i made my mom do one during at the early ages of the pandemic she said girl what you got me on the internet doing don't be playing no crazy songs i was like mom i got you I got you. Right, they, ain't, right. they, they didn't curse. Right. They, didn't, they ain't say nothing crazy. <laughs> they ain't say nothing crazy, I promise. But, yeah. but yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, I, I enjoyed our conversation. Hopefully, I did uh, too. Yeah, I hope uh, people can, you know, you know, we were going through a lot. Hopefully that didn't scare anybody away uh, from jumping exactly. in the market. The goal was to be able to share what's happening out in these real right. estate streets, right? These right. real estate streets, it is hot right now. And you need to be informed. You know, you can't get Definitely. out here thinking, again, the seller's going to buy everything. Because <laughs> it's not happening. Right so. now, it's not happening. And right so we now, just wanted to, <laughs> we wanted to get that out mm-hmm. there. And then also, again, share, um, you know, there's some good, really, and this is a time where you have to really now get the talent. You need to get people who really know what they're doing and, mm-hmm. and can um, help you and guide you along the process. So we really wanted to talk to individuals that kind of know what they're doing because we don't want to get out here. <laughs> and, and, and not you know not know what's happening especially with all the changes in technology Absolutely. and marketing marketing has changed everything is changing now so you need somebody that can you know what i mean that can connect with what was happening and also how to handle it from a marketing standpoint you mm-hmm. know what how things are happening so 
without further, you know, this, this is the person that you definitely need to connect with. So, until the next time, until this next is Sharai, time. and this is Behind the Grind. Thank you.